Freakers, Tweakers, Thrill Freakin' Seekers, welcome back to another great freaking hilarious freaking episode of Freakin' Our Weekend Review on W-A-Y-O-L-P, Freakin' Rochester, also on Apple Freakin' Podcast, Google Freakin' Play, Spotify, and Freakin' SoundCloud, if anybody freaking wants to know. Weakers, Tweakers, Thrill Seekers, my name is Taylor the Sandman Freakin' Lofton, and with me as always to my freaking left is Sandy the Sandman Freakin' Farkas, coming via satellite freaking New York, out of Doug Jordan's garage, and then bringing up the rear, Doug the Slug himself, Jug Jordan, if you will, coming from his own freaking domicile, also via the great satellite. Weakers, Tweakers, Thrill Seekers, and the freaking panel, start your freaking engines, this is our week in freaking review. Tweakers, tweakers, thrill freaking seekers, it has been too weak since we last spoke, and geez louise, down on my knees, we missed you so freaking much. Smell it in the air, weakers and tweakers, cause we're back. Did you miss us? I bet you did. Now, geez louise, down on my knees, last we spoke, we were dealing with a gnawing, teething, creeping, defecating little rat name a freaking heaven freaking Dawson and geez Louise down to my knees he is still out on the prowl Dawson has our numbers weakers and tweakers and we are on the cusp of a great radio war number two and geez Louise down to my knees we are at our wits end with Dawson and what to do Sandy the Sandman and I have been Spending quite a good deal of time in the freaking war room in the back of freaking Ortego freaking grill, drafting a freaking two-state solution. And unfortunately, it's looking like the two-state solution is going to be a wash, Weakers and Tweakers. We don't think it'll work. So far, what we have doesn't... It doesn't really even look like a solution. It, It looks like Sandy has put up a bunch of yarn on the drafting board... And I have written ways to get Dawson basically caught with his pants around his ankles and a freaking, well, I'm not going to say the next part, but geez, Louise, down on my knees, if, if you listen to this show, you know where it goes. So without freaking further ado, Sandy the Sandman Farkas, how you doing? How you been? How are you? God bless you. And how was your week? Uh, yeah, uh, they, uh, this is, <clears throat> this is freaking Sandy, freaking Sandman, um, Sandy, San- Sandy the Sandman, uh, freaking Fargus, uh, reporting for freaking duty, um, live, uh, via the freaking, well, the great freaking satellite, uh, and uh, I'm to answer a few of your freaking questions. I believe you asked, uh, freaking. First of all, um, thank you for the blessing to answer that one. Uh, second of all, uh, I'm freaking a so freaking Diggins, yeah. and uh, if I, if don't interrupt me ever. Uh, and I'm also freaking drunk. Uh, so you got a freaking perfect freaking uh, cocktail going right now. And uh, boy, oh boy, I don't remember what else you asked me. What else did you want to freaking know? I wanted to know how your freaking week was and maybe speak a little bit about the two states state solution we've been working on to squash this war with Dawson. Okay, I'm going to if you please freaking be quiet. Uh, basically, what we have here, the freaking two state, uh, two freaking state freaking solution. Uh, well, first of all, I ordered way too much freaking yarn. Uh, I went to several different one one place told me it wasn't going to get me the freaking yarn until you know uh, five days from then. I said, well, that's not freaking quick enough. I need freaking yarn much faster than that. Found a new place I was going to get me freaking a whole freaking bundle of yarn uh, in two days. I said, I need a freaking sooner than that. Finally, I paid freaking top dollar and said, said, if you can give me the freaking yarn the next freaking day. Well, little did I freaking know, I freaking pressed order on every single one of them and ended up with freaking quite a bit of yarn at the end of the freaking week. 
Um, so the freaking two-state solution right now, uh, as Taylor freaking quite eloquently put it, uh, looks like a whole mess of freaking yarn uh, in a room, in the back room of a restaurant. Um, so uh, it's hard to make freaking, uh, you know, we'll see what end is freaking top, one end is freaking down. Plus, I'm freaking drunk every time I go to the freaking Ortego Grill because freaking Larry Brown makes his freaking mudslides so freaking well. Uh, but you know that that was um, that's neither freaking high, uh, neither here nor freaking there. Uh, um, other than that, freaking the Super Bowl of freaking Dugs was a freaking disaster, as uh, some of you may freaking expect. Uh, the freaking spread was a freaking uh, looked like a freaking joke. I said, Doug, what the heck, what the heck is this? Where, where what, what are what is all, what are all these freaking bowls of freaking brown freaking mush? And he said, well, this is a bean dip, and this is a different type of bean dip. And he said, and this one is a freaking taco dip. And I said, Doug, these are all free. These are just, these are just plates of beans. Where is the freaking wing dip, Doug? Doug Jordan made three bean dips, is what Sandy's trying to say. And it was, even for me, enough with the beans already, Doug Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was done. Doug, I can see that you want to speak it. I'm not going to allow it. Uh, basically, what we had was one freaking bean dip uh, with melted cheese on top of it. Uh, and then there was another one with um, some peppers and onions uh, inside of it made with freaking cream cheese. It was sort of like a like a bean frosting almost. And then the next one was a freaking taco dip, which was just beans with lettuce on top of it. Uh, the whole thing, it was, it was freaking atrocious. And Doug, you can go ahead and freaking speak now if you'd like. I mean, you summed it up pretty good there. I'm just going to say um, how much I like beans. And, and you know, I, I didn't think it was a problem, you know, because it was Super Bowl at my house and I supplied the food and, and I just wanted to use beans because it was uh, cheap and effective and delicious, if I might add. Yeah, and bull****, uh, I might add. Uh, because here here we, I, I've been telling them all freaking week up until this point, we're going to need a freaking wing dip. I mean, the Super Bowl is about freaking wing dip. I'm talking freaking buffalo freaking wing dip with the freaking Tostitos freaking uh, scoops, uh, tortilla chips. And uh, and there, it was just nowhere to be freaking found. Uh, but luckily the freaking brown was flowing. Um, so I got pretty freaking drunk. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, and uh, then I blacked out pretty freaking early. But it, other than that, uh, it was a pretty freaking, pretty great freaking evening. And Doug Jordan fell asleep sooner than anyone. He fell asleep before the freaking halftime so, and we pulled a prank on Doug Jordan. I put some bean dip in the palm of his hand, and I took one of my pocket feathers, and I tickled his nose ever so slightly, and he scratched it, but he used the other hand. Didn't think of that one. I should have put bean dip in both hands. So next year, geez Louise, down uh, on my knees. Luckily, he still did notice the bean dip in his other hand. He said, what is this What is this doing here? And we said, wait a minute, Doug, you were asleep. You've been eating bean dip with your bare hand this entire time. And uh, he had one more freaking white claw and then said he was going to the bathroom and he never came back. So I assume he went to bed, um, at which point I was pretty freaking drunk, freaking definitely three or four, maybe even freaking five sheets to the wind. And I and Taylor needed a freaking ride home, so did the reasonable thing. Freaking got behind the wheel of freaking Doug's truck, and uh, I guess I dropped him off because I got, I was freaking home safe and sound. I got home, yeah, but it was a wild ride. It was a jarring wild ride, weakers and tweakers. And Sandy the Sandman Farkas said that I had had too much bean dip to ride shotgun with him, and he made me get in the back of the sh- of the truck in the bed. It is an uncovered bed, Uyghurs and Tweegers, and Sandy the Sandman Farkas was all over the place in that truck. 
Yeah, and it was snowing as well, so. It was it was hilarious. So, Jesus, he's down on my knees. Doug Jordan, how you doing? How you been? How are you? God bless you. And how was your week? Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, thank you for the blessing, as always. Uh, not as always. Uh, week has been fine. Uh, not, not, not much to report on my end. Uh, I fell asleep during the football game because I found it to be kind of boring. That's why I fell asleep, and then I went to bed. And, um, you know, other than that, I just keep finding these weird hunks of uh, cheese all scattered around my house, and I'm assuming that's because of you two trying to lure Evan Dawson into my home because you think that he is uh, part rat or something. Well, Wait. I'm going to go ahead and shut you up right there. He's 100% freaking rat, Doug, and, uh, man, you are right. The cheese is part of, a, part of an experiment we're doing, seeing if it's going to, in fact, lure Evan into the house uh, so we can trap him. Yeah, and we can trap him like mousetrap. Now, we have actually been focusing more of our energy on drafting the two-state Seleucin, which is a Seleucin for both states. Us here at our Week in Review and the other state of being, which is freaking WXXI's Connections with Evan Dawson. And it is not going well. Imagine Dawson is basically might is right and we are over there on the Gaza Strip, Doug Jordan, fighting for our lives. But we are sneaky. And we have some very crafty things up our sleeves. And geez Louise, down on my knees, we are not going down without a fight. But if this two-state solution starts to make sense at some point, because basically at this point, it looks like gibberish. If I, I would love it, Doug Jordan, if you would come for once in your freaking life to the freaking war room in the back of Ortego Grill and take a look at it, maybe edit it for us, maybe dot, dot a couple of T's and cross a couple of I's. Yeah, Doug, I, I want to I want to freaking piggyback on what Taylor was saying. If you want to spend a couple minutes uh, in the freaking war war room with us and and see what you can freaking come up with, uh, I mean, you know, we could use all the freaking help we could get because at, at the moment, you know, the freaking two states solution is not looking good. Uh, it it is looking like a freaking bloodbath. If I'm being quite freaking honest with you, and that may be all the freaking red yarn that's freaking strung about the freaking room. I don't even think we have identified both states in our freaking solution. Yet, which I think should be step one. It is mostly yarn, Doug Jordan, with a line going from Dawson to Wegmans to WXXI, and then a bunch of them to going where Sandy presumes he lives because he does not have his address. I have no idea. Because any document that would have had his address on it, Sandy destroyed long ago. A long time ago. Those documents don't exist anymore, Doug. We took care of that part. It might have been a failure on our part, to be honest with you, at this point. I would do I would do anything to get my hands on some of those freaking documents. But freaking hindsight is twenty twenty, Doug. And the time at, at back then, it seemed like the freaking only thing I could possibly do was set all these freaking documents ablaze. What I wouldn't give to have some of these freaking documents back in my freaking possession. It seems, I kid you not, Doug. It seems like the only thing that could help us at this point. But either way, all's well that's hopefully going to end well. So, geez louise, down on my knees, we got a great freaking show for weakers and tweakers. If you want to call in, join the conversation, call 513-914-6201. That's the R-Week hotline. Tell us what we're doing right. Tell us what we're doing wrong. You might get put on blast. 
but you also might get a freaking prize or two. Without further freaking ado, our week's news and discussions starts freaking now. Last week, Frank Shankwitz, co-founder of the Make-A-Wiz Foundation, died from complications associated with esophageal cancer, geez louise, according to the New York Times. He was 77. The former Arizona Highway Patrol officer was inspired to start the charity foundation after helping a terminally ill child fulfill his dream of becoming a motorcycle cop in 1980. Shankwitz served as the foundation's first president, though he never took a salary, and received the president's call to service award twice. So, geez louise down on my knees. I feel like if I were him, well, let's do it this way. What would you have wished for if you could have made a wish? Doug Jordan. Uh, okay, you put me on the spot here, but uh, maybe a, a lifetime supply of Taco Bell. Uh, if I was about to die, I would just want Taco Bell every day. But Doug Jordan, that, might, that, yeah, that, might just, that might just be one or two meals, Doug Jordan, knowing you. Well, yeah, but I mean, I mean also, I just, Doug, Doug, shut up. A lifetime supply, Doug. I mean, your life is freaking fading in this scenario. You're knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door, Doug Jordan. Yeah, so I want to eat that for the rest of my life until I die. You're not in prison, Doug Jordan. This isn't your final freaking meal before execution. But if you could have maybe a celebrity come in, maybe sit on your face or something like that, or even become a pilot or fly to the moon it, you know they usually don't do that kind of thing they fake it they say you're an astronaut now you always want to go to the moon we'll get you an astronaut costume i have a couple of astronauts old astronauts sit down and talk to tell you stories about what it was like to walk on the moon doug jordan come up with something else well uh, uh, why uh, that was my wish why can't uh, or maybe i'll go, go to the moon like you said with shaquille o'neal that sounds good that sounds freaking hilarious. That's yeah. a good answer, Doug. That is a good answer. Although the right answer obviously would be a thousand more wishes or to live. That would be my wish. My wish would be, I want to live again. I don't know why any of these kids don't wish that. Allow me to continue living my life. That is my wish. But a thousand more wishes would be probably the right thing to do because then you could use your second wish on living and you still have... 998 more whizzes. I've always wanted to be shot out of a cannon. Yeah, you've mentioned that before. Uh, yeah, strap me, put a freaking helmet on me, load me up into a tiny little cannon and shoot me out over the freaking ocean or I would land on a great big freaking trampoline and um, eventually they would catch me and swim me back to shore. Yeah, you said actually at the Super Bowl party you mentioned this, and then you tried to get me to give you your my helmet off of my head for weakers and tweakers that don't know I have been relegated by the doctors to wear a helmet for the rest of my life because of a head injury I sustained earlier this year. And Sandy wrestled with me to try to get the helmet off and put it on his own head because he wanted to basically make believe that he was being shot out of a cannon. Yeah, I figured the next best thing would be to get onto freaking Doug's roof with one of his kids' freaking uh, saucers and freaking go down stomach first off the freaking roof of the freaking house on, into the freaking yard. But I'm not going to do that without a helmet, and um, and and I couldn't get it off of freaking Taylor. 
No, it's, it reminds me of that, that freaking old spooky story about the girl with the freaking scarf around her neck, and and, he, and she falls in love with a boy, and the boy is like, oh, what is what happened? Let me see your neck to take the freaking scarf off, and she says, no, 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 and they end up freaking growing all together and then eventually she says okay you can take the scarf off my freaking neck and then he does it and her freaking head falls off and freaking rolls over and he still has sex with her yeah i like that story absolutely freaking hilarious yeah Jeez Louise, down on my knees. I think we got a lot out of that story. Last week, animal behaviorist specialists at Purdue published a study detailing their efforts to teach pigs how to play video games, according to CNET and Science. The pigs, Hamlet, Omelette, Ebony, and Ivory, were the subjects of a study published in the journal Frontiers in Psychology and co-authored by animal behavioral specialist Candace Crony and chimpanzee cognition expert Sarah Boyson. The study involved the pigs operating a joystick with their snouts and moving a cursor toward an object on the screen. The pigs were rewarded for correctly manipulating the game with food and verbal encouragement. Quote, each pig performed the task well above chance, indicating the animal uh, understood that the movement of the joystick was connected to the cursor on the computer screen, Frontiers said in a statement. So, geez Louise, down on my knees, we got pigs playing video games now. And last I remember, Doug Jordan was saying he was being bullied online for a video game. And then I went over to his house and we checked his freaking video game and he's playing something called a freaking Stardew Valley. Can you tell us a little bit about that, Doug Jordan? Yeah, well, it's a game. It's a farming game uh, where you farm. You, you have a little farm and you set up, you grow, you plant little plants and then you grow, you grow things and you farm and you farm those. And what and how and who do you kill? Well, there's a dungeon you could go to and you can fight monsters if you want if you really wanted to. And at some point when you realize what a terrible game it is, you can probably kill yourself. I mean, it's a fine it's a it's not a terrible game, it's fun. And the kids that were playing this game were verbally harassing you, is that correct? Saying things that you can't even repeat? Well, uh yeah. I mean, it's not really. I mean, there you can leave messages. I, I was being harassed on a different game. Oh, so it's not really an online game. Were they pigs that were playing? You were playing, and they were making fun of you. Unless they also taught these pigs how to talk, then I don't. Then I don't think that they were. They were the pigs. Well, that's very freaking interesting that you bring that up. What if they are teaching these freaking pigs how to talk as well? That would be bad news for you, Doug. Yeah, they, oh boy, yeah. If one of these things gets a freaking gets their hands on a telephone and a nine one one number, Doug. Wait, why? Because I eat pigs? No, because you have sex with farm animals, Doug they Jordan. Pork? Yeah, yeah, Doug. Because you freaking eat pigs. Come on. What are we I talking about? Se- I don't have sex with farm animals. We've gone through this a thousand times. Well, I just always thought it was a funny idea, but I also believed it in my heart of hearts. So, geez Louise. Well, I'm God bless these four pigs. I would, if I were to eat one of them, I probably would eat omelet. Probably cook it up and put it in an omelet. Denver omelet. That's got ham in it, Duck Jordan. Yep, ham and onions, and, and usually a cheese of your choice. Bell pepper. That's a Western omelet. Oh, that's what I would have. So, and I'd have. I'd probably have to ask him for a side of hollandaise sauce or gravy. It doesn't matter. I don't really care. I, it's all gravy to me. But hollandaise sauce, 
gray, gravy is usually the color of something that comes out of your rear freaking end, and hollandaise sauce is the color of something that comes out of the front end, if you know what I freaking mean, for some people. Generally about wait, half the population. Wait a minute. Hold on. Are you, are you saying that hollandaise is the color of your urine or your... The other. Uh, okay, geez, always let me think about this. Um, so that is, that comes out of you and is bright yellow. Is Holland? I thought it was sort of creamy looking. Maybe I'm eating something and I don't know what I'm eating. Maybe yeah, it's cottage yeah. cheese. Well, that doesn't sound good either. Well, geez, Louise, down on my knees. Last week, Japanese man in Tokyo made headlines after he was reported to be making a living renting himself out to, quote, do nothing, according to Tribune India. For a thousand yen plus expenses, equal in the U.S. to roughly $95, Soji Morimoto will travel to the client's location and do nothing other than, quote, eat drink and give a simple response. The 37-year-old started this business in 2018 after quitting his job in publishing. Since then, his business has grown to accommodate three to four clients a day. Morimoto's Twitter bio reads, quote, I will lend you a person, me, who does nothing. We are always accepting. You will only get 10,000 yen transportation expenses from Coca Bungee Station and other expenses such as food and drink, if any. Please use DM for requests and inquiries. I can't do anything other than eating and drinking and giving easy responses. According to Moromoto, most people just want someone that can listen to them and combat loneliness. So, geez, Louise, down on my knees. I was thinking. Wouldn't it be fun to be able to rent a person? And what would you do with them? Doug Jordan, Sandy Farkas, anybody have any thoughts? Uh, well, I'd get him play video games with me and not make fun of the games I was playing, maybe. Yeah, that's a good idea for you. Um, for me, I, you know, I, I, I wouldn't need much. I don't got to freaking eat, freaking drink, and give me simple responses. Sounds fine. I was thinking it would be fun to play hostage. And I could tie him up and put him in the trunk of my car and drive around. I don't have a car, though, but I could borrow Doug's truck, put him in a bag, carry him into a house, zip him, unzip him, put him in a chair, ask him if he's hungry. So what you are describing is the man that Doug keeps in the little box underneath his bed. Yeah, but just for play, just for role play, Um, it would be fun. Yeah, not for freaking torture. No, no, I would never. But I was also thinking, wouldn't it be hilarious if you rented this guy? And then you said, oh, we just have to make a quick stop at the bank. You can do that, right? And he nods his head silently. And then you go into the bank and you go, you just probably want to put this on. And you put a mask over his head and you rob the bank with him. And he has to follow you around because you paid him 10,000 hens. And the hens are laying eggs. And you got and you got to go and you go, Morimoto, pick up that, pick up the eggs, please. Hurry, we're, we're, we're losing time. We got to get out of here. And they're following us like ducks in a line, Doug Jordan. And then we get back and he goes, I'm hungry. And you go, well, you got a bunch of eggs. Honestly, could eat one of the hens. I don't care what you do with it. It's yours now. See, I, 
I was thinking that he was going to carry the freaking the, the freaking hens. They're laying the freaking eggs, and the freaking the police get called, and they freaking follow the freaking eggs all the way to freaking freaking Soji Morimoto. Meanwhile, you freaking made it a freaking clean getaway. Oh, I see what you're saying. They follow him mm-hmm. all the way back to the Coca Bungee Station. Yeah, doing a little freaking uh, old um, uh, Hondrel and um, Hondrel and Gretel uh, breadcrumb um, little scheme. And then they get there and they try to interview him and he they can't say a word. He can only reply to simple responses. Yeah. It's too complicated for him. Doug, is this making sense to you or? You know, I was just actually about to say, you know, I would love uh, to do this as my own job. Uh, where, where do I sign up? And then as soon as you started talking about, you know, coaxing this person into robbing a bank and carrying a 10,000 hens with him with whether cops follow a trail of eggs all the way to Coca Bungee Station. Uh, I decided I'm not interested in this job anymore. I got to tell you, you would be perfect. I don't know if yeah. anybody could do it better than you in this country. Well, maybe I'll start. Maybe I'll start an American chapter. Maybe I'll talk to Shoji Morimoto and I'll say, hey, I want I want to start a, my a franchise. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah, you have, you have my freaking blessing. <clears throat> and God bless Thanks you. Blessing. Thank you. Last week, Justin Timberlake finally apologized to Janet Jackson and Britney Spears, saying he, quote, failed them, according to BuzzFeed News. The apology came after social media uproar following the release of a documentary chronicling Timberlake's behavior toward both singers. Quote, I specifically want to apologize to Britney Spears and Janet Jackson, both individually, Timberlake wrote. I care for and respect these women, and I know I failed. According to documentary Framing Britney Spears, Timberlake's 2002 video for song Crimea River featured a Spears lookalike and focused on her being the subject of blame for the former couple's breakup due to infidelity. Critics simultaneously responded to Timberlake's 2004 Super Bowl halftime show where he exposed Jackson's nipple and remained unscathed from the incident while Jackson's career was torpedoed. So... Jeez Louise, down on my knees. Sounds like Timberlake Justin has been a bad, bad freaking boy. And he should be punished. How do we go about doing that? Uh, how do we how do we personally go about punishing Justin Timberlake? I was just saying something to try to evoke a conversation. But Sandy the Sandman Fargus, before we get into that, can you tell us about the incident in 2004 at the halftime so in great detail, please? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I definitely consider myself a, uh, uh, my, my freaking expert, uh, in this freaking, uh, specific, uh, malfe- uh, malfeasance. Uh, what we have here is a freaking, uh, clearly freaking drunk freaking, uh, Justice, uh, Justice Timberlake, uh, at the 2004 freaking Super Bowl halftime freaking show. Uh, he is performing alongside, uh, Jan- <clears throat> Janet Jackson. Uh, whose freaking bosoms uh, are freaking put on display for all the freaking world to see. Uh, what happens is he he uh, he and he claimed this to be a freaking uh, wardrobe freaking malfunction. Uh, but everyone watching at the time, uh, me included, knew what was really freaking happening. There was no freaking malfunction. The man grabbed at the at freaking uh, Jackson's freaking bosom and ripped off the uh, piece of clothing to reveal her freaking um, well the freaking bosom of which we speak. Uh, adorned with a uh, a uh, silver freaking uh, nipple uh, pasty um, uten- uh, utensil uh, utensil, and I think it was a star or something or a sun. 
Our little silver sun. It was. It well, yeah. There was uh, maybe a little squid. Uh, it was. It was freaking something. And uh, and I, I remember I sat there freaking mouth agape. And I couldn't freaking believe it. Uh, it was. It was a freaking sight to behold. Yeah, it was a very unusual thing to have happen. Although I remember at the time not really even noticing. I was. I saw it, and then I thought, well, it's just part of the freaking show. It seemed for some reason like it was a tearaway brazier. Yeah, it was it it and that is that is well you know and I've had a lot of freaking time to think about this. Uh, that that is what I freaking speak of when I say I don't I believe this was no freaking malfunction. It looks it looked in the moment very much like it was meant to freaking the bosom was meant to be revealed. It was it looked like it was freaking staged. It was it was all meant to go down exactly the way that it was. Whether it be freaking Timberlake's idea or freaking Jackson's or freaking Timberlake had the freaking seamstress come in and freaking purposely freaking you know uh, make the 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 the, the, the part of the brazier freaking tear away. It we may never know the the truth behind this. It's unusual that this is as much a mystery as the killing of JFK. Yeah, or who you know who really freaking did in freaking two thousand one nine eleven. Yeah, we may never know any of these things. And Doug Jordan, there's theories that these things may all be connected. Maybe the sun was a pendant meant to hypnotize the masses. Maybe we're all walking around hypnotized since then. Those of us who have seen it, what say you to that? Yeah. Doug, before you answer that, have you ever taken a look at the back of a $1 bill? Yeah. And? Do you I, do you want me to describe what it is? Or will you just ask me if no, I've ever Doug, looked at it? No, I don't want you to describe it. what it is. You've seen it. You, 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 they're, they're, it is freaking riddled with freaking symbols, Doug. Telling a freaking a vast freaking story that dates back to the beginning of freaking time, Doug. There's a pyramid, Doug, with an eyeball in it. An all-seeing, all-knowing pyramid. What the is Illuminati. that? What? The Illuminati. Explain, please, for Uyghurs and Tweakers and myself. I'm pretty sure that there's. It, it's either in National Treasure or in uh, what's the other one with uh, Tom Hanks? I can't think. Uh, uh, Angels and Demons is the uh, the Da Vinci Code. Sorry, it took me a minute to get there. Uh, I'm pretty sure that there's a reference to the Illuminati in the freaking Da Vinci Code with the all-seeing eyeball. And they're just a group of, they're an organization of people that have done a lot of bad things or, or maybe that the entire world is a freaking conspiracy based on whatever they've, they've come up with. And then he has sex with a freaking volleyball. Girlfriend. Well, away. Oh. But he doesn't have sex with, they're just his, very, uh, his close friend. Is that the tagline for freaking the Da Vinci Code? The entire world is a conspiracy? Damn. Nah, but that should that should be the tagline. It's yeah, a good, maybe, maybe we we'll save it for a freaking biohacker. The entire world is a conspiracy. Bi- biohacker three, and in Biohacker yeah. three, he's got the same haircut from Tom Hanks uh, in freaking Da Vinci Code. Yeah, what a freaking haircut that was. That was the only th- reason I ever even considered watching the movie. I got to see what what the deal with this haircut is. Beautiful, but you have not seen the movie, correct? No. Last week, Hustler magazine founder Larry Flint died, according to CNN Business. He was 78. Though the adult entertainment mogul's cause of death is unknown, Flint was reportedly in ill health for many years. Yeah, no duh. After launching the pornographic magazine Hustler in 1974, he went on to build an adult entertainment empire, including video and film production, magazines, and the Hustler Casino in Los Angeles. In 1978, Flint was shot during an attempted assassination by serial 
killer, Joseph Paul Franklin. During an interview in 2013, Franklin said he tried to kill Flint after seeing an interracial couple photographed in an issue of Hustler. Flint was known for his outspoken support of First Amendment rights, and he won his most significant legal battle at the U.S. Supreme Court in 1988 after televangelist the Reverend Jerry Falwell brought on a libel case. So, geez, Louise, down on my knees. The great Larry Flint is dead. Two Larrys gone. Larry King, Larry Flint. This guy was in a wheelchair, Doug Jordan. He was shot. Spinal case. And, geez, Louise, down on my knees. I think that we should remember him fondly. And I want to do a little thing. The first time, I want you, Doug Jordan and Sandy Fargus, to describe, and I'll start, the first time that I ever saw I, we, any of us ever laid eyes on a Hustler magazine. I was probably 12 years old, Doug Jordan, and I know you've seen one. These were, it was almost frightening to see the images inside of there and what was inside of people, human beings, things I had never known. The inner workings of the human body, Doug Jordan. It was basically a freaking medical magazine. The things I saw, I said, geez, Louise, down on my knees. Is that a wound? Is that going to heal at some point, Doug Jordan? This person should get themselves to a doctor. And then something happened. And my opinion on that magazine changed. And it seemed to happen as I was staring at the images on the pades. And I became very interested in this magazine. And I looked it over for quite some freaking time. And my eyes were darting back and forth faster and faster and faster, flipping through the pages and examining and examining in a frenzy, I'll tell you. And then, geez louise, down on my knees, something happened and I lost total interest in it. Absolutely instantly like that. Much of the way Larry Flint lost his life recently so Larry Flint God bless you may you rest in peace now Doug Jordan why don't you go ahead with your story uh the first time that I saw a Hustler magazine I think was in an airport and that's that's just I saw it and I, it was in a plastic wrap and then I I you know I didn't want to open the plastic wrap so I just put it back so when was the first time you flipped through the pages is what I'm asking because there's some socking images in there uh, you know maybe a few years later I got a little older and I and I bought the magazine from the airport because uh, I didn't think that they would uh, ID me and they didn't so I bought it and then I remember going into the freaking bathroom to look at it uh, inside of another magazine so I didn't get in trouble or get freaking caught and then I saw the freaking images that you described. I don't, I'm not going to describe what you said again because that you know you did a pretty good job there, uh, and I agree with a lot of things you said. So yeah, I looked in the bathroom and I hid it in the magazine, and then that's what I saw inside of a Hustler magazine. What magazine was it hidden inside? I think it was a Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. No, the one with you know with just sports. What if you were doing the thing that many of us do when you're all alone 
and you're flipping vigorously through the magazine and it's inside of a Sports Illustrated. And the next thing you know, you're staring at freaking Yogi Berra right there saying, and he's an old man. Or you're looking at freaking, I don't know, Joe Torres from the New York Yankees. And he's got a, he's looking at you, Italian man staring at you and you're, and you're, and then an eruption. And that's okay. the last thing that you saw. And it sticks with you. Did that happen? Yeah. I'm sure that's probably happened once or twice, yeah. Freaking hilarious. Sandy the Sandman Farkas, your turn to tell your tale of discovery with Hustler magazine. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> when I was about uh, eight or nine years old, um, I was living in a... Um, in a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a house in a, in a freaking suburb and uh, we had a little sunroom uh, where we had a bunch of wicker furniture um, and there was a um, one particular little wicker bench that had some uh, freaking cushions, uh, cushions um, on top of it and um, well one day I was just you know snooping around and um, I lift up one of the cushions there's a whole freaking stack of these freaking things and I started leaving through, and I, you know, thought to myself, Jesus, Louise, some of these people might as well be on a freaking operating table. I can see freaking directly inside of them. I can see, I can see where everything is going and where everything will freaking end up. And you know, through the years, uh, you know, I continued to freaking pop in there, lift up the cushion, freaking flip through some magazines, freaking see new things, experience new feelings. I would have friends over. They'd come and hang out, and I'd say, Do you want to see something crazy? I'd bring them into the sunroom, and I'd lift up the freaking cushion, and I'd shows them some magazines and I would see them their lives freaking change right before my very freaking eyes and then one day I went into the sunroom and I lifted up the freaking cushion and the magazines were different all the women had freaking disappeared it was uh, magazines with, with just men naked men yeah yeah it was I mean it was similar to to the hustler but it was was strictly freaking men making love to each other. Sandy, do you believe that the owner of these magazines that conveniently kept them hidden underneath a cushion on a wicker chair in a sunroom at one point decided that they perhaps changed their mind or had maybe a rebirth? discovered something within themselves and made a switch to a different magazine well you know it's it's not exactly my freaking place to um uh, to freaking weigh in uh you know uh believe me i've, I've thought many times these are probably my this has got to be my freaking father these got to be my freaking father's freaking porno mags and i go I don't, you know and i'm my father is a freaking lover of many freaking women uh he, you know i see him with several different uh freaking women you know whether they be freaking busty or not uh and uh they come and they freaking go as they please he's sometimes he's with my freaking mother and then one day you know all the women freaking disappeared and then shortly after that my freaking father disappeared as well so have i have i thought about one day my father realized he was living a freaking lie uh yeah certainly but you know can't 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 exactly freaking call him up and ask him uh, wait what was going on? Yeah, but I, I will always have freaking fond memories of that sunroom. Yeah, yeah. Well, we salute you, Larry Flint, and may you rest in peace. God bless you. 
Last week, nearly 200 pounds of illegal bologna was seized at the border of Mexico and the United States, according to the Star-Telegram. Border agents discovered 194 pounds of contraband Mexican bologna in a vehicle that was traveling to the U.S. at the Mexico border. The vehicle, a red Nissan SUV, was discovered to have 22 large bologna rolls in the trunk and more in the driver's luggage. According to the agency, quote, bologna is a prohibited product because it is made from pork and has the potential for introducing foreign animal diseases to the U.S. pork industry. The driver of the vehicle, a 49-year-old man from Albuquerque, was fined $500. The bologna was destroyed by border agents. So... This is an interesting story. There must be more to this baloney than meets the eye. Because I don't understand why you would... If I go to get baloney, I get four or five packages at a time. I don't get 200 pounds, Doug Jordan. Didn't I... Uh, I, yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, but didn't we do a story like this at one time? So, so another person was caught trying to smuggle in more Mexican baloney? Because I'm pretty sure if you check the tapes that we freaking talked about this before... I, do recall that, but I wasn't sure. I had to check the tape date on this story to be sure that it actually freaking happened. So there's yeah. got to be something special about this freaking bologna. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is definitely the freaking second time we freaking discussed freaking Mexican bologna, and I'm thinking there's got to be something about this freaking bologna. That's what I'm trying to say, is that it seems as though this is happening on a fairly frequent basis. And in such large quantities that, geez louise, down on my knees, it becomes a smuggler's freaking delight, this Mexican bologna. Does anybody know, have any theories about why this Mexican bologna is causing such a stir on the border of the United States and Mexico? I mean, the well, I... Oh, go, you go ahead. Uh, what what do the you hell? What the you hell lived in Mexico you for a little while, so maybe you've had you the better, bologna You better there. believe I never touched that f***ing bologna. Drink the okay. water. Never, never touch the bologna. That's what that's what one of my friends told me. He said, "Drink the water. Don't touch the bologna." Yeah. So what? What are you, what were you going to say before I, I rudely interrupted? I don't, Doug. I'm drunk. I don't know what I was going to say. You I have forgot. no idea what I was going to freaking say. Yeah. I forgot. Doug Jordan, do you have any theories? Do you have any prior knowledge of bologna and bologna products? I mean, I remember looking this up the last time that we talked about it, and I couldn't find anything about why Mexican bologna is so much different than the U.S. bologna. It's pretty much made the exact same. You know, both are are various different cuts of meat that are freaking ground down into a, a very fine pulp and then filtered out from uh, the meat particles or filtered out from the bone particles. And then it's kind of lumped and shaped into in this casing, and, and then it's sealed and pressed together. It's a very it's a processed food. So it's a lot like a hot dog. And they're both they're both done the exact same way. Yeah, but this is Mexican bologna. And there's gotta be something to it. I mean maybe it's spiced differently. They the uh older bolognese from back in the day when the people started to do this uh used to be spiced. They say if you go to a butcher shop, your bologna that you're gonna get from a butcher shop is different than the bologna you're gonna get from freaking Oscar Meyer because it's you know that's uh, mm. more processed. But if you go to a butcher shop, you're gonna get a, a, diff- a more spiced bologna than that. A smuggler's a smuggler's delight, if you will. You imagine these border agents burning 200 pounds of freaking bologna, and it must just smell like the best cookout ever. It just smells like a big hot dog cooking on a fire. Or did they even destroy it, Doug Jordan? That's a real question. I want video evidence of it being destroyed. 
because I think these freaking border agents took it home and smuggled it home for their own delights, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, if this bologna is in such freaking high demand, it's possible that they're just keeping the bologna for themselves. You know what I would do with 200 pounds of bologna? I would make a make giant a- bologna man out of all of it. Piece it together, make a man. Not to have sex with it, Doug Jordan. I know that that's what you were going to say. But I clothe it, put it out in the yard on a stick. Every once in a while, go pretend to talk to it and take a bite off of its ear. This baloney. Uh, I'm sorry, and I have, I have a freaking question. Uh, you, Doug, you mentioned the freaking baloney is similar to a freaking hot dog. Is when baloney is in a freaking deli, is it is it in the shape of a gigantic hot dog? Yeah, yeah, that's you exactly what it looks like. Me. Before it's sliced, is that what yeah, you mean? It's, a, it's, it's like a, a giant tube. compact. It's a yeah, so it's a tube. So it's just a giant bologna hot dog. Yeah, that's anybody exactly. ever freaking plopped that thing on a freaking grill and freaking found a gigantic bun and just went to freaking down? I mean, I, I, I'm I'm asking you, have you ever put a gigantic log of freaking bologna on a freaking grill and found a giant bun? Yeah, got it uncut and ate it like a gigantic. Yeah, I mean, no, I personally haven't done that, but it sounds like something that we could possibly do. Yeah, we have to do that. We got to do We got to get a we got to we got a next barbecue. We got to get a giant freaking stick of freaking bologna and make a gigantic freaking bologna hot dog. You know what I like about hot dogs is at the end of a hot dog at the tip on both sides it's like wrinkled and circular where the where the tube is crimped at the end yeah imagine what that would look like on a big giant tube of bologna like uncut into bologna freaking sphincter just a yeah big giant rear freaking end Doug Jordan what about olive loaf you ever have olive loaf disgusting yeah that's just bologna with olives added to it yeah Look that up too. That's disgusting. We used to have to eat it at summer camp. All the kids would take all the other sandwiches, and I was left with olive loaf. They say you can have as much as you want. Nobody else seemed to want it, but all we got left is olive loaf. And I said, "Geez, Louise, down on my knees." I back in that they would keep me. I've mentioned this before. They would keep me in some some sort of solitary confinement underneath the freaking in the basement of one of the freaking cabins. And then they would let me out for lunch, and I would eat. Olive loaf sandwiches. Absolutely awful. So. But maybe people are having sex with the bologna. I guess you're right, Doug Jordan. I didn't, well, I didn't say that, but. Well, once you describe the ends, the crinkled, wrinkled ends of the tubes, uncut, it made sense to me. Well, I think you described the ends of the tubes. Yeah, but I got the idea from you. When you just when you compared it to a hot dog. Okay, fair. Yeah, fair enough. I've always fixated on that end, Doug Jordan. Last week, police were sent to Marilyn Manson's Los Angeles home after reports of someone, quote, screaming they want to leave, according to page six. A number of LAPD police officers and a police helicopter were sent to the home of the 52-year-old after a witness called the police after hearing someone scream, quote, I want to leave. The news comes as Manson has become embroiled in allegations of abuse by women who previously were in a relationship with the singer. Now, this is a shocking turn of events. 
Who would have ever imagined someone like Marilyn Manson could do the things that he has done, allegedly? And I believe them, of course. It just didn't seem the type, Doug Jordan. That's what makes this story so odd. Uh, oh, go ahead, Doug. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to stereotype. Uh, well, if you're not going to say anything, I mean, yeah, this is a freaking huge freaking, uh, freaking uh, sock to the freaking system. Uh, not that I've ever listened to the music of Marilyn Manson, but I mean, I've, I've looked at him before and I've seen some freaking scantily clad photos of him as well. And as far as I could tell, the man was, was flat as a freaking Kendall in his freaking nether regions. I know. I re- that sticks out in my mind. I'm all, he's all sprawled out on a couch, and there is no freaking penis or, or dangly Johnson or um, freaking uh, vagina. There is absolutely nothing. He is smooth. It's probably easier to wash. Yeah, but I mean, I heard a rumor uh, way way back when that he had gotten his freaking ribs removed so he could freaking pleasure his own dangly Johnson. That is absolutely uh, true. true. Yeah, that's not even yeah. a rumor. That's been verified. I'm yeah, glad you brought that up. He's gone on the record multiple times saying, yes, I did do this, which is confusing because, like I said, from as far as I could tell, he didn't have he didn't have anything down there. Yeah. Blank slate. The two stories are contradicting the the image and the story of his removed ribs. I wonder how much it is to get your ribs removed and what do you do with them? Now, Doug Jordan, I don't know if you are a man of God the way that Sandy and I are, but. If you ever read a little book called the freaking Bible, Old Testament, there is a man, first man to ever exist, name a freaking Adam. And God sent Adam down to the Garden of Eden. And Adam was in paradise, but he was lonely, Doug Jordan. Wanted some company. Didn't want to be just amongst the animals and the trees and the forest and the creeping things and... God said, Jesus, we's down on my knees. I'll make you a deal. I'll take one of your ribs, your crooked rib from your rib cage out of your body, and I will make you a woman. And so it was done. And that woman's name was Eve. And Eve, well, she was a bit of a freaking mischievous woman, if you know what I freaking mean. Basically, what happened was she, and I'm, I guess this is news to you, they said, live in this great paradise called the freaking Eden, this beautiful garden. Just do me a favor, don't touch that apple from that tree. None of those apples. By God, what do you, what do you think freaking Eve does? Right next minute, she goes over there, plucks a plump, juicy, delicious-looking apple down, and takes a freaking big old bite out of it because a snake told her to and Adam and Eve were cast out from that garden into the cold dark among the creeping things the snakes the bugs and life has never been the same since it's been a bit more interesting I don't know where Marilyn Manson with his freaking ironed off genitals exists in this story but it is in there somewhere Maybe the snake that is smooth and gentle to Lilith. Yeah, it's it's all it's all a freaking an allegory, you know. Uh, imagine God and you know created freaking Marilyn Manson, and he said, you know, you can have whatever you want in this world, but he said, just don't freaking, no matter what you do, do not freaking try and suck your own dangly Johnson. 
And Marilyn said, uh, absolutely, no problem. Will my hey, uh, freaking ten forward. And freaking God up and left and, you know, freaking first thing freaking Marilyn did was rip his freaking ribs out and started, well, you know, freaking pleasuring himself. And then freaking God came back and said, well, now, well, here, well, Marilyn, you freaking disobeyed me. He said, I'm going to make you freaking smooth as a freaking baby's bottom down there. And freaking got rid of everything. That makes sense to me. That is the best explanation I have heard about the situation so far that I have I've ever heard. So Yeah. Doug, are you still confused or or can we move on? Yeah, no, we can we can move on. I just I was just thinking that maybe Adam got his freaking ribs removed so he could pleasure his own freaking Dangley Johnson. And I think that you summed that up uh, perfectly there by saying that Marilyn Manson was basically the Adam in the story. So yeah, and a little bit of the snake. Yeah, he's also the snake because he's smooth. Yeah. It's not a perfect freaking allegory, Doug, and I never claimed it to be. But um, I, if we if we can, if you would allow it, I would love to move on now. Yeah, please move on. Weakers, tweakers, thrill freaking seekers. This has been another great freaking hilarious freaking episode of freaking Our Week in Review. We love you so very freaking much. We're so freaking hot and for you. Stay safe out there and we'll see you freaking next week. Jeez Louise, down on my knees. You know what, Doug Jordan, Sandy, I forgot to tell you, I did end up making that tuna fist out of oatmeal that I said I was going to try, and it was... You guys were wrong. It didn't taste anything like freaking tuna fist. It was just mayonnaise and oatmeal. Yeah, no, if I recall, I said, uh, I don't think this is going to taste... I don't think there's any way that this is, could possibly taste like freaking tuna fish. And I believe Doug went ahead and freaking agreed with me on that one as well. Yeah, I, you know, I thought maybe you could give it a shot, but I, I thought that there was no way in hell it was going to take taste like tuna fish. And but it, it wasn't even the consistency. You put this on a piece of bread, try to bite it, and it will smush out the sides and fall on your trousers. It was a freaking mess. And I don't know, maybe if I tried it, I boiled the freaking oatmeal first, and maybe that was my mistake. And it was cinnamon oatmeal cinnamon raisin so the raisins in there with the freaking mayonnaise and the fish sauce that i put in there and the fish sauce was just water that fish had been in it was unusual did you get that out of the aquarium and the group home i did i made sure to get some of the little matter in there seasoned it with a little fish food on top mixed it right up and it was absolutely horrifying yeah yeah it sounds freaking disgusting but I couldn't make my mind up on it right away, so I had to have a couple of sandwiches, and then I started getting kind of sick, maybe from the fish water, and geez louise, down on my knees, I had to try to pawn these sandwiches because I had made so many of these sandwiches up off on staff and people who live with me at the freaking group home for the criminally insane. Yeah, well, you know, it reminds me of one of freaking Doug's classic pre-dinner riddles. Uh, one man's food is another man's fright. Uh, for dinner is served, uh, smuggler's delight. When have I ever said that? <laughs>